Community Conversations with Community Centres SA. Here's Kerry Ackermans. Welcome to Community Centres SA's podcast, Community Conversations. I'm your host, Kerry Ackermans, CEO of Community Centres SA. We're a peak body for community centres and neighbourhood houses in South Australia. In this episode, we talk to Malcolm Sutcliffe, manager of the Strath Neighbourhood Centre. If you've been to Strathalban, you will know the main street is full of antiques. These podcasts bring you stories from across the state of all the great work being done in our communities and general topics of community interest. Community centres are open for anyone and provide place-based activities to enrich the lives of people in our community. I'm talking to Malcolm Sutcliffe, who is with the Strath Neighbourhood Centre. If you know Strathalbyn, all those beautiful antiques that are up there. Good afternoon, Malcolm. How are you? Um, I'm well, thanks, Kerry, and it's nice to have a chat with you. Good to have a chat with you. Now, Malcolm, you've been involved with neighbourhood houses and community centres for a long time. What led you to be involved? What's your background? My background predominantly is as a chef, strangely enough. But I've, across my life, I've been involved in uh, youth development and been involved in other volunteer organisations, volunteer marine rescue. I was involved with St John Ambulance in, in Tasmania for a while, both as a, as a paid employee and a volunteer. And I used the term vocation. I think that's a pretty good thing. Whilst I was a chef as a career, my vocation's always been people. Sounds like you have a very strong service background. You're right, Malcolm, it is a vocation. And with your work as a chef, you're bringing that to light within the community centre as well, aren't you? Yes. We've been fortunate enough to draw some funding out of the SA government to run a basics cookery program. And I'm now on to my third program, and we've had an extremely diverse audience with this. Um, had some NDIS participants. I've had uh, actually a trained cook who lost touch with cookery who came in. And we've really promoted the idea of community connection. So whilst cookery is the carrot, the actual getting connection with new people and making new friends is really what the program's been about. Cooking and food brings people together, doesn't it, Malcolm? Is there a particular focus for the sort of food? Is it daily meals? Is it specific culinary style? Certainly food is a good social conduit, I think. For the program that I've been running, what I've done, I've actually sat with our participants and had a listen to them, listen to their dietary needs, listen to a bit of their background so I could understand how I was going to put the program for the individuals to meet their needs. And it's been quite a challenge because we've had some very significant dietary needs. But I've managed to put the program around so the participants have got something out of, they've learned how to do their basic needs themselves and I've had a couple that have experimented with very limited dietary abilities and they've experimented with what they've learned from the program and I had some feedback about two weeks ago that a particular lady has stretched herself and gone well beyond what she thought she could. Which is fabulous. I know my daughter is celiac and it's very challenging when you go out to restaurants and even cooking at home. But once you know the basics, you can adapt nearly any recipe, can't you? Absolutely. And celiac, yes, interesting you would raise that. Celiac is an interesting thing. People think gluten-free is celiac and it really isn't. Celiac is a lot more involved. Yes, you really can't have any cross-contamination at all, whereas gluten intolerance, you can actually have it. But with celiac, you shouldn't be having any gluten at all. 
all. So that brings me with what you're saying, Malcolm, about how you sat down and talked to people and found out what they needed. That's what makes community centres special, isn't it? Absolutely. I could not agree any more with that. Community centres, I think my first involvement when I was a I was a boy just running around the streets, I think, and we had a a new community centre in my neighbourhood and I think the impression from there has lasted with me because it was a place where we could meet safely. There was no judgement. It was extremely low cost or no cost and that's the practice that I I employ in this this role. Um, And it was... It was a growth, it was about growing and connecting our community, which we did do, and we're doing that now. And when you say no or low cost, Malcolm, for example, how much does the cooking course cost? Zero to participants, no cost at all. So if someone wanted to attend Bearing a Minor in Strath, what's the requirements or prerequisites for getting into the course? Uh, have an interest and basically be looking to gain some skills in, in the basics of cookery. Apart from that, come along, have a bit of, I think, a bit of willingness to expand and try new things. And Malcolm, I recall you telling me that you have had a lot of men involved, men who would normally just be doing ham and cheese toasties and the basics. Is that right? (laughs) Absolutely. I actually had one fella ask me if I could teach him how to make sandwiches. Oh, goodness. Um, All right. We are starting at the basic level, aren't we? Yeah. And um, we've got to consider... The history of these people is most of them are in the process of being socially isolated due to whatever reasons and certainly feeling that loneliness pinch. So getting them in, even if it's about teaching them how to make a sandwich, we're starting to break down their barriers uh, and get them involved with other people. And I've certainly seen some changes in, in some of the participants we've had, certainly along that line. And is it fair to say, Malcolm, that when someone does have that social isolation and loneliness, most people won't put their hand up for it because they don't want to say they're lonely and they need activities in order to engage with others because they wouldn't do it off their own back? Totally correct, yes. It's a bit of a disease is the way I look at it, how they face their challenges without looking as though they're they're weak to their friends or to, uh, I guess, society in general and... We try to facilitate their connections, reconnecting with community, and certainly through the cookery program we've done that. And Malcolm, digital literacy and basic reading, writing, mathematical foundation schools are really lacking in our community. People may not be aware that it's as high as 45% fall under the minimum requirements to hold down a role. How can doing a cooking class help people learn those basic skills? That's an interesting question that you ask there, Kerry. Cookery, for me and for for people from my background, we tend not to use scales or measurements. We just sort of, it's right sort of thing. But when you're actually instructing, we've got to be mindful that the people we're dealing with don't have necessarily that literacy background, whether it be numerical or language literacy. So I really focused on using measures that they can understand. So a simple cup measure is a designed measuring cup and we explain where, the, where we're using specific recipes, how that relates to the cup measure or a half cup measure. Some people don't have the luxury of being able to, to use scales because of the, that literacy problem. So we modify as much as we can and 
some people are very good at hiding the fact that they're not literate, but we're also very good at, at picking up that and very discreet about how we deal with it. Which makes people feel safe, which is the one thing about community centres people always say, that they feel it's a very safe space to be in. So Malcolm, tell us what you've been cooking. What do I get to eat if I come along? Oh, right. What have we done? We did a vegetarian lasagna. We've done stir fries. First program we were in, we, we culminated that with a cooked lunch for our senior citizens. That was a roast chicken with all the trimmings and a nice dessert. I think we did a bread and butter pudding for dessert on oh, that one. Oh, can't go past a good yeah. bread and butter pudding, Malcolm. We actually did what we call some, I call them basic hamburgers, but they were absolutely delicious. And I don't touch it, I just do the instructions. So I let our participants do the work. And with that, you know, they've learned basic knife skills, so... But, yeah, the food's been, I've got to say, extremely interesting but delicious, safe and for our participants, they've opened up their eyes to, to new ways of doing things. And all of those meals that you mentioned, Malcolm, are all cheap to make, which is important now with cost of living. It can also be seasonal because if you have your stir-fried vegetables, you put what's in season. It costs less, it's fresh. Absolutely. We, the focus is on budget. The focus is on knowing what to pick from wherever you do your shopping. And one of the things that I, I do promote with, with the participants is you don't have to buy four of something if you're only going to use one, regardless of what the deal is. If it sits in the shelf or you throw it out, then it's not a saving. So we certainly touch a little bit on budgetary but definitely on the freshness and the nutrition of the food that they pick as well. And Malcolm, you need to be very careful when you're buying items because the shelf life can often be quite short, particularly if you're buying it from an OTR or somewhere like that. You can often have those shorter life codes, so you have to be really mindful. Absolutely, particularly with used buys, because used buy is exactly what it says. If it says used by the 16th, then by the 16th you need to use it or you dispose of it. It may become unsafe. Best before is okay generally, but again, you've got to be cautious. You do. I'm talking to Malcolm Sutcliffe, manager of the Strath Neighbourhood Centre. Malcolm, you run a lot of other programs. Just run us through what is actually happening at Strath Neighbourhood House. Oh, well, we'll start from Mondays, if you like. We have a, a group we call the Strath Neighbourhood Friendship Group that's made up predominantly of the Strath senior citizens who have now become a part of our organisation and we invite anybody from any background of any age to join in on that. The seniors have a, a nice run with a bit of carpet bowls and other games. Tuesdays we run a community lunch. We start at 12 o'clock. It's a two-course lunch. The cost is $5 and it could be anything from a roast lamb that we did this week and we had 39 participants to a beef lasagna or we might do a chicken curry. The second Wednesday of the month at the moment we run a presentation with either a Royal Flying Doctors or Country Fire Service or Asbestos Awareness or the other speakers that we engage and we have a, a cup of tea and a coffee and a, and a bit of a biscuit now and that's really to get connection and information into the community. Thursdays is a big day for us where we've got three table tennis tables set up and we're going to introduce a bit of a darts match as well aimed at bringing our community together that wouldn't normally come together for maybe line dancing which we do on Fridays but the table tennis is slowly picking up and it's all about fun, it's not about competition, nobody really cares who wins 
it, it's about getting people in, and we keep it at low cost. It's $5. That covers the cost of any equipment we might need. Apart from that, we have, we've got some programs we're building, such as a youth program with youth bands. Saturdays is pretty free at the moment, but we're investigating that. And Sundays we have the Restoration Church that meet here, but we're looking at also doing some farmers market type events just to to get the community on board so they can see what's available. And Malcolm, can anybody come along? Because I mean, Strathalbyn has a lot of visitors there because of the antique shops, but also from the locals. Is it really open to everyone to come? Yeah, we're open from 9 till 3.30 and we are a totally inclusive association. We're not fussed about background or history. Or we're totally non-judgmental and... We have wheelchair access. We're happy if you're in a gopher. We can assist there with language difficulties. I'm fairly reasonably competent with communication, so I'm happy there. If you just want to come and sit down and have a chat and a coffee and offload, you're welcome to do that as well. We've got some skilled people here who are, I think are willing to listen and hear your story, and we actually do take notice. So on that, Malcolm, what's the story that you recall that you feel you've really made a difference in someone's life? There's a few of those, but there's one of recent time. Uh, Had a gentleman land on our door on a Monday morning. He'd arrived from Adelaide region, a homeless man. I had a bit of a chat with him and found that he was in pretty well desperate need. So I did a few phone calls, had a bit of a chat with some of the network that we have in place and managed to find him some accommodation, some emergency accommodation. That got him sort of a little bit stable. He hadn't had his medications for medical conditions for some time, so that was concerning. Our network pulled together and managed to get that together for him. And I had a contact with his case manager yesterday. They've now got him sorted into new accommodation, which is a little bit more stable than what we had. And I believe they're getting into a a program for people with his special needs and that'll be a, a long-term program. So that's a pretty good outcome, I think, whereas he was sleeping at the rail station, he was sleeping rough out in the bush and for this particular gentleman, for anyone, but this particular gentleman, that certainly was detrimental to his well-being. That's fantastic, Malcolm. Now, this obviously does come at a cost because your time has to be paid. How on earth do community centres do this? I know that volunteers make up an important part of the mix to deliver these services. Oh, Kerry, big question. Oh, wow. I am I'm blessed with the volunteers I've got. That's the only way I can put it. They are just absolutely sold to the earth. For myself, I'm paid 25 hours a week, and that comes through the support from the Alexandrina Council, which is very much appreciated. We gained a little bit of funding through programs such as our cookery program. We do rely heavily on our venue hire, which we keep our costs down to accommodate community groups. But in general, we struggle along with an oily rag without the oil on the rag, I think. I am putting a proposal together for the state government to maybe assist centres like us that may not fall into what is considered the category of funding necessities. But uh, generally, centres like ours that I'm aware of, we just battle along and do what we do with the value of our volunteers. You most certainly do, Malcolm. So if members of the public want to support, what can they do? 
they can support us by, I guess, donations. We we are a not-for-profit, but we're not charitable, so we don't hold um, deductible gift status. So any donations would be non-tax deductible. Or we accept in-kind donations. Uh, we run emergency food relief. We accept some clothing for, particularly for homeless. So we've got a lady that's knitting beanies and things. So we've got that pretty well covered. Coming along to our events is probably a big thing. So when we're running an open garden at Scorabrake Garden in Strathalbyn on the 28th and 29th of October. And coming to an event like that at a cost of $10, A, the garden is magnificent, but that money will go directly into our centre, allowing us to fund our programs. That's fantastic, Malcolm. Now, you do have this big garden fundraiser. Give us the details about that. Okay, it's Scorabrake Garden. Uh, the owners, Graham and Cynthia Nicholson, have offered their garden for us to run as a fundraiser. We'll have face painting, we'll have the Strathalbyn Lions Club there with their food van. They'll do coffee and donuts and sausages. We've got a coffee cart as well, just in case the line gets a bit long. We've got plant sales, we'll have lavender, we've got a, a cactus stand for somebody that's interested in cactus, we'll have a, a gentleman there doing quite a spiel on that. And to wander around the garden, there will be escorted tours or you can wander at leisure. We've also got some very, very good singers coming in, we've got a ukulele group coming in. I'm trying to get the, the Strath Band to play there on the Sunday as well, plus There'll be me sort of hanging around spruiking, but you may not recognise me because I might be in a little bit of a costume. I'm not sure yet. I could imagine you doing that, Malcolm. And the date of that and how people access it? Okay, so it's a $10 entry fee for people 17 plus. Uh, 16 and under is free. The face painting is also free. We're willing to pick that up. We've got a good lady that's doing that. We can access it through our Facebook page, which is NC, and you'll find the detail there. We have a try booking code on there, so if people go through that, they can book their tickets, pay for them online, and when they come along, just show us a ticket and they can come in. We also have ticket sales on the day, so just walk up to the gate and the, the ladies will fix that. And the date, Malcolm? Is the 28th 20th. and 29th of October. So we're running it across the weekend. Sounds perfect. Well, it's been wonderful chatting with you today, Malcolm, and I love what you're running up there, particularly the cookery classes and what you're doing for the community and the garden fundraisers. It sounds like a great opportunity for people to come. They can also perhaps take an antique or two home. Oh, indeed. They, they can take some plants with them or, yeah, there's all sorts of opportunities, particularly around Strath with the antique shops. They, I had a look in one the other day and I was quite impressed. It was huge and there was things that I could have taken but didn't. Don't we all love it, just getting those things in the car, Malcolm? Well, good luck with it all and great to chat with you today. And thank you very much, Kerry, and I look forward to you joining us for lunch. Terrific. Thank you for listening. Share the podcast with your networks and send us any feedback to info at communitycentressa.asn.au. Community Conversations. For more information, check out communitycentressa.asn.au.